0: Right, praise God that you are tuned in with us today. We thank you that you are listening into and also participating in our online service and today we will be going through the letter to Philemon and it is one of the shortest letters in the New Testament, not one of the but it is the shortest letter in the New Testament. but before that, let me bring us. And with a word of prayer, let's pray. Father God, even uh, as you have been faithful to, to us in whatever we are facing through in life, in our workplaces, in our family, financially, we know that you are taking care of us. We pray also, Lord, today, even as we've experienced you, as we sing words of declaration, for how good you are in our lives and and because you are our saviour and God. we, We also come today and want to listen to what you want to speak to us through this letter to Philemon. May you open our hearts and our minds even as we listen in to what the message is for this Sunday. And this we pray in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. The theme that I will be sharing on, on the letter of Philemon is if the gospel had no power. If the gospel had no power. Let's read into Philemon. So let's begin. Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, Also to Afia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love for all His people and your faith in the Lord Jesus I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. It is as none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now... He has become useful both to you and me. I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced but would be voluntary. A partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrongs or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hands. I will pay it back. Not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one more thing, prepare a guest room for me because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayer. Ephraphas, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greeting and so do Mark, Articus, Demas and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. If the gospel had no power, that's the theme for us today. Now, the loose backstory of the shortest letter in the New Testament, Philemon, is that Philemon's slave had betrayed him. He stole from his master and then ran away or escaped from one he was bonded or bound to. Punishment for runaway slaves were very cruel during those days. They were either tortured, limbs were amputated, sold back to slavery, or even killed. We do not know much of what exactly Onesimus did other than steal or accused of stealing and running away. In verse 18, you can see that. We do know that Philemon was a Christian Uh, believers met at his home. His display of love towards believers was well known and made known to Paul in verse 5 to 7. Paul also notes that Philemon's life often refreshes believers and one that encouraged and brought joy to Paul. We also know that Paul had met Philemon and based on what is said in verse 19b, it was through Paul that Philemon came to know Jesus. That statement, You owe me your very self. Uh, Paul was responsible for some sort of blessing in the life of Philemon. Though a monetary idea may be in mind, it is perhaps better to understand Paul as referring to the spiritual truth, the gospel. He had thought Philemon, Philemon is considered a friend and fellow worker or partner or partners with Paul and his band, like those in the Philippians' church. Verse 1b, 6 and 17. Onesimus, who stole and escaped, is known to have turned to Jesus and is a changed man. Paul notes him as a son. Verse 10. He is useful. Verse 11 a helper and aid to Paul in verse 13 and most importantly a Jesus follower which is implicitly mentioned in verse 16 by designating him as a brother to Philemon probably by Paul's sharing of the gospel to him while letters like Romans 1st and 2nd Corinthians Galatians Ephesians Colossians are raved for their depth of theological vision. Philemon is nothing short of these giant letters when it comes to presenting the gospel. In fact, it is a letter that truly highlights the power of the gospel at work in the lives of individuals. If the gospel had no power, Paul would have had to emphasize his stamp of authority, highlighted his apostleship with regards to leadership and position, to ban Philemon to act respectively. We never find Paul exercising his authority here, only as an old man and prisoner of Jesus, verse 1, 9 and 13. And if the gospel had no power, Paul would have made a list of a proper way a Christian master should accept back a slave turned to Jesus so that Philemon would know what is required of him to do. If the gospel had no power, Paul wouldn't have thought of sending Onesimus back to Philemon because of the crime that Onesimus did. That would be literally sending one who, in fact, had turned to Jesus and became a good man to his impending punishment and death because by law, it was not regarded as wrong to execute and punish Onesimus. If the gospel had no power, Would appealing on the basis of love be enough to convince a master who had been wronged? Be a good or strong foundation to present a case to send back a slave who had stolen and escaped from his master? If the gospel had no power, it would be a bad idea to even write the letter because those who harbored fugitive slaves were made complicit to breaking the law and liable for punishment as well. Making all this known was simply putting Paul's life in danger and made it worse because he he was already in prison. If the gospel had no power, Onesimus, even hearing or harboring Paul's idea to send him back to the master, he had wronged, would have made him run away from Paul and wouldn't even have second thoughts in marching back to his master because the high probability that he would have been pardoned is close to none. It would have been a foolish idea. If the gospel had no power, the risks far outweighs the benefit in Paul's endeavor of ever thinking about reconciling a betrayed master towards his betrayer, a slave. If the gospel had no power, then reconciliation and forgiveness is only wishful thinking. A good idea on paper, but one that has little to no result. Why waste time if, and that's a big if, if there is actually no good foundation in trusting the gospel, the work of Jesus? Now the question for us is, Do we trust the gospel, the work and teaching of Jesus like our lives depended on it? Like seriously, if you embrace Jesus for just the idea that warms your heart, the promise of heaven or the blessings that come, you haven't arrived. You're still miles off or still a long distance away from knowing and trusting in Jesus. I'm not saying that we won't struggle in doing it. We will struggle. And struggle is real. That's the truth right there. We struggle because this is and hasn't been our default way of doing things or responding to things. But if we start to obey, step by step, what used to look like mountains to climb slowly become hills, hurdles, and now bumps for us to face head-on. There is power in the gospel. Yes, there is power in the gospel. There is no doubt about that. There is power in the gospel because Paul disrobes his apostleship. His known leadership position in the churches he has established and simply calls himself as an old man in chains for Christ Jesus when he addresses himself to Philemon. Paul fully trusted the power of the gospel in this instance when he made his appeal known to Philemon. He was just like saying, I'm just a normal person who put all my trust in the gospel that is at work in you, Philemon. There is power in the gospel because Paul didn't have to make a list of what Philemon had to do to act rightly. Paul trusted that the gospel would work out the response needed from Philemon. To accept Onesimus back. So much so that in Philemon 1:21, Paul was he was confident. He says, confident of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. There is power in the gospel because Paul thought it was the right thing to do, to send back Onesimus to Philemon. Verse 14. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced but would be voluntary. Paul wanted the decision made voluntarily by Philemon with his appeal sending Onesimus back. And there is a lot of trust in the gospel there. There is power in the gospel because love And not order was the manner in which Paul's appeal and to simply put it like that. For Paul, that was enough of a foundation and basis to build on. Paul had mentioned Philemon's love for believers and placed his trust in the kind of character found in Philemon as a solid thing to appeal on because if Philemon loved believers, He would love Onesimus, who is now a fellow believer, a brother. There is power in the gospel because Paul didn't beat around the bush concerning Onesimus being present with him. It was plain fact and stated plainly. Paul was not afraid because he believed that the gospel was indeed working in the life of Philemon. There is power in the gospel because it seemed Onesimus was ready to go back to his master, ready to face the consequences. But he too, like Paul, placed trust in Jesus and the work of the gospel in Philemon's life. And that forgiveness is what he would have trusted to be the result of him coming back. There is power in the gospel because Paul was appealing for a once unlawful slave, but now turned to Jesus. People can change back to their bad ways, but Paul trusted that the gospel is at work in Onesimus' life. He was now useful, a fellow brother to Philemon. Paul's mention of verse 19, writing in his own hands was a seal of his trust in the gospel's work in Onesimus' life. And he was ready to pay whatever was owed on behalf of Onesimus in verse 18. And if Philemon would welcome Paul as a partner, he said, make the same welcome of Onesimus as well. That was how much Paul trusted the work and power of the gospel. There is power in the gospel because Paul is confident that Philemon's voluntary obedience towards Jesus' way will go beyond what Paul appealed for him to do. There is power in the gospel because Paul trusted that believers in Jesus will hold true to Jesus' way of forgiveness and reconciliation. If Paul ever doubted, he would not have even written the letter. He believed that the gospel is powerful and it changes people for the good. Or better still, the gospel of Jesus transforms us to live and act like Jesus. So in conclusion, Let's read Ephesians 4 verse 32. It says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. Colossians 3 verse 13, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you, The basis of forgiveness or how much we need to forgive is not based on how better you are compared to the one who has bruised, betrayed, lambasted, ridiculed, or wronged you. The basis is on as the Lord forgave you. If we run into the measuring game, me against the one who has wronged me, we will never be able to forgive. But if we put ourselves side by side with Jesus, we are as rotten as the person who wronged us. If Jesus can forgive us when we confess our sins, then that is expected of us when we follow Jesus. Forgiveness is not a feeling but a lifestyle because it is the way of Jesus And I speak from experience when I say this because I have struggled to forgive because of the hurt it felt. From time to time, I still struggle. But whenever I turn my attention on the power of the gospel, because in it is the power of reconciliation, I get back on track. In putting my trust in the finished work of Jesus. For Paul, forgiveness and reconciliation was not just an idea, it wasn't just philosophy. It is a reality and one made possible because of the gospel and the finished work of Jesus. And that is why Paul was confident Philemon would be able to forgive Onesimus. That is why Paul stood by Onesimus because Jesus has transformed a useless man to be a useful man. Paul trusted, believed with no shadow of a doubt concerning the gospel he preached. In 1 Timothy 1 verse 15, this is Paul saying this, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. On his way to invoke wrath on Jesus' followers, Paul meets Jesus, and suddenly an opponent has now become a proponent. Paul knows the power of the gospel, and that is why he was confident that Philemon and Onesimus would be reconciled back to each other. There is no if when it comes to the power of the gospel. There is power in the gospel of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we are inspired as we read this Very short letter, only 25 verses. But we see in it the power of the gospel working in the lives of individuals during that time and we believe that power is available to us also as well. And we pray God that for the tough times that would come our way when we have to apply your teachings, your word in the very lives that we live. We pray God that you give us strength not just to think about it but to actually act it out, to live by your teaching, to live by what the gospel has done in our lives. Lord, help us. Give us strength. And we also believe that what seem to be mountains at first will be just bumps for us to overcome because you have overcome what is bigger than what we can accomplish as normal people. We trust in your finished work. We trust in your gospel. That is why we put our faith in you Lord, this is our prayer. And we ask all this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. God bless you all.